Welcome to Soul Roadmap Podcast. Each week, you'll hear strategies and inspiration to take action and live life better. Hi, I'm Dina Cataldo, lawyer, coach, and entrepreneur. This podcast is your roadmap to creating more success in your life, business, and relationships. Let's get started. Hi there. Thank you for joining me today. We're talking to a woman today whose experience spans Western and Eastern medicine. We had a lot to talk about between her experiences with infertility, miscarriages, and weight loss to my experience with cancer. She's going to share techniques each of us can use to make our lives better daily, and I hope you tune in. You're going to want to hear what she has to say about how we're impacting our health with habits we may not be aware of. She's also going to share a technique to help us build more awareness around what's going on in our lives that may be causing stress. Before I tell you more about our guest, I want to invite you to something really special to me. If you're listening to this episode between May 31st and June 6th, I hope you join me in celebrating the first week of Soul Roadmap. Enter to win one of seven life-changing books and maybe even be selected to win an eight-week coaching package with me. You can find the details on how to enter at the show notes. Those are located at dinacataldo.com forward slash episode two. Now, on to our guest. Sylvia Salcido is a health and wellness expert and a self-healing advocate. As a Chinese medicine doctor, certified health coach, and breath and sound facilitator, she has over a decade of experience working with patients, including professionals, entrepreneurs, and moms, helping them to heal and to thrive. She's the founder of the Acupuncture Lounge, which serves thousands of patients each year, is the co-founder of the Feel Good Collective, and has been featured in Shape Magazine and Thrive Global. She's taught at the University of Colorado Medical School and is on the board of directors at the Integrative Health Department at Metropolitan State University in Denver, Colorado. Let's dive in. Well, hi, Sylvia. How are you doing today? I'm so good. I'm really excited to be with you this evening. Oh my gosh, this is this is fabulous. And I'm I'm glad that we're having the opportunity to talk because when I read about you, you were really interesting to me and specifically Chinese medicine really stuck out to me. But I am going to let you introduce yourself to our listeners because you've got a lot of great healing energy and a lot of great things that you do to help self-heal. And so I want to I want to introduce people to you. Can you awesome. start? Yeah, off? thank you. Um, so I have been practicing alternative medicine for I would say over 20 years, just from a young age, just really into um, herbs and things. But formally, I am trained Chinese medicine practitioner. So I've been practicing Chinese medicine for over 13 years. Um, I've also done some functional medicine, which is understanding the body and how to use blood work and understanding what's happening with your body to get a better grasp of why are you fatigued or what's going on with your digestion. And then a few years ago, I began to shift even deeper into my practice, and I really began to study more about the spiritual and emotional side of healing, because it just became so apparent while I had been practicing for so long, what issues were showing up, and you know, my heart led me to just go deeper into that realm. So um, I practice a combination of coaching, sound and breath work, and the acupuncture. So it's like this, I put it all together. And that's what I'm doing these days is, you know, really helping people 
get to the root of what's happening in their body and particularly focusing on the emotional, spiritual well-being. Ah, okay. My experience with Chinese medicine has been actually in San Francisco being taken to a Chinese medicine doctor mm -hmm. who prescribed, who like basically kind of read your energy, like yeah. kind of saw like what you needed and then prescribed some different um, herbs and different things that you brew and then you got to drink it and it tastes awful. Yeah. Have you had, is that anything that you've ever had experience with? Yeah. I mean, I think that what really drew me to Chinese medicine was the whole perspective of how they look at the body. So Chinese medicine has this beautiful holistic perspective. When we're learning in school, we kind of look at it as um, a gardener versus a mechanic. And the mechanic is a system, is our Western medical system. It's like a part of the body breaks down and you fix that part. Chinese medicine were considered more of a gardener. So your plant is dying, and why is that? Is it because there's too not enough water? Is it getting too much sunlight? Are the, is what part of the environment is affecting the plant? So it's really beautiful when we start to look at the body, we begin to see it in this larger holistic perspective, and it's not one thing. So let's say that um, somebody comes in for fertility, for instance, right? And oftentimes you're just looking at these functional um, numbers, what's your FSH, what's your AMH, what's your um, FH, so you're just looking at these numbers, where in Chinese medicine, we're taking a look at the entire person, what's your stress level, what are you eating, How? what's your body temperature, so we have this beautiful perspective where we can dive deeper into the body and understand what's happening, so by taking a look at the pulse, we can see if the body is running too quickly or if it's too, you know, if it's too deficient. By looking at the tongue, we can analyze and see what's happening with your digestive system and how is that supporting the rest of your body. And with how you're feeling emotionally, that gives us a tap into what organ system might be out of balance. So it's really beautiful in understanding this holistic perspective of what's, what's going on in the body. Um, so before I studied Chinese medicine, I actually was studying Tibetan medicine. Oh, okay. And the reason I bring this up is because Tibetan medicine has this beautiful perspective of the body as well. It sees disease as a tree, okay? The branches are the symptoms, and the root of the disease is literally the root of the trees. So when we're dealing with medicine, we're going down to that level to understand why are those symptoms showing up, starting from something different. Let's say it's autoimmune, fibromyalgia, MS, insomnia, digestive. Those are like the symptoms, and you're going further down and actually understanding what is at the root of the body. So in Tibetan medicine, what I just really kind of clicked for me, especially as I started shifting my practice more into the emotional, spiritual side, was that they believe that disease starts in the mind. That literally what's happening, what's happened in our life actually is going to play a role in how our body either activates certain genes or doesn't. So epigenetics is this incredible study right now of how we can actually shift and change where we're headed by the foods that we eat, the exercise that we do, our thoughts in our body. So it's kind of cool because it's, it's, it's making, it's justifying this old traditional medicine. And then yes, like how much our emotional health has to do with what's showing up today. Um, another really cool research that I've seen recently talks about in the first seven years of your life, the amount of trauma that you have had or suffered from directly impacts your connection to getting chronic health 
disease as you grow older. Really? Yes. I mean, like, it's just amazing. So abuse, addiction, neglect, trauma, whatever that was in those first seven years are going to directly impact cardiovascular disease, diabetes, cancer, pneumonia, these these chronic health issues that we have older. So children who've had that type of environment are like three times more likely to get chronic health issues than other people. Like it's pretty extensive. So again, that's relating back to that philosophy in China, in Tibetan medicine of like diseases at the root of our body. And then when we tap into Chinese medicine, we're seeing wow, what is actually the whole, what's going on with the entire body and how, where, what do we need to do to help bring that body back into balance? So tell us how you got into really this holistic, this whole um, getting to the root of the problem in uh, Tibetan medicine and Chinese medicine. What really drew you to that? So I come from a medical background. My father's a cardiologist. I knew I wanted to go into medicine since I was really little. We actually have a lineage of doctors in our family. My grandfather is a physician. I've got uncles. So we've got this line of a medicine, Western medicine doctors. So when I was little, I used to follow my dad around at house, uh, on rounds on the weekends, and I just loved it. I loved what he was doing. I loved the interaction. But when I was in my teens, I kind of started having a little bit of a heart pull I was being drawn more connected to nature. I was being drawn into something else. There was this shift that started happening for me. And it was a moment when I went, when I was older and I was following my dad around that this patient had just got out of a cardiac surgery and on his table was a big gulp. And we walk in. A big gulp, which is like a big soda pop from like 7-Eleven, okay? And the guy had just gotten out of surgery. And there was no discussion about the health, about the overall well-being of this man's diet. It was just like, here are your medicines. How are you doing? What's going on? But there wasn't this. And I just, it was such a big shocking moment to me that I was like, there's something majorly missing here in this system. And it was through that and my own coming into myself that I realized that my, that was kind of when my path started heading down towards alternative medicine. It became really strong in my 20s. And I started studying herbal medicine. Um, I started cooking for healing and cooking for just eating well. Well, what did your family think about all this? I was a witch doctor. (laughs) I was totally the witch doctor. Like, and for a long time, because I started studying acupuncture over 20 years ago, right? So it was like 18 years ago. So at that time, like acupuncture was not as nearly as accepted as it is today. And now, you know, my family obviously supports me. But when I initially started, it was just like, mm. I have this story. I went to go, um, I was studying, when I went to, I went to the University of Hawaii to study ethnobotany, which is the study of medicinal plants. And that's how I got into Tibetan medicine because I did my thesis on Tibetan medicine. Anyways, before I started this program, there was an acupuncture school there and I went into the school and I just immediately was so excited about it. And I called my dad and I'm like, Hey dad, I think I want to go to acupuncture school. No, you need to go get your master's degree. This is much more, you know, that's a more serious path. You need to do that. And me still listening to my family. I went and did that. And then the day that I graduated, I was like, I'm going to acupuncture school. So it was, it was definitely it's been this push and pull from my family. But at the same time, I really admire it because now I live in both worlds. 
a lot of my patients are physicians and nurses because I understand it. I can speak the language. I can, I understand where they're coming from. But then I kind of end that bridge to what else is out there? What else is possible? So I started with my clients when they were comfortable first with acupuncture and now, you know, doing the breath work with them, doing the sound work. Now they trust me as this ally for them to like shift into that next level. What else is out there for me? And really making a lot of movement with them once we start getting into that area. So because you're working with a lot of people who have like high powered jobs, like if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, if you're doing anything like that where you are under a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, in my experience, you don't start looking for al- what we in the West al- term alternative medicine until right. things are pretty grim. Yeah, is, is that your experience with people who start coming to you? Totally. I, you know, the the majority of my clients are clients who are coming in absolutely stressed out. They've got insomnia. They've got an autoimmune issue that's shown up. They haven't gotten the support that they've needed or have wanted. And their life is kind of a hot mess. And so that's where the coaching starts coming in, really like giving them a little bit of space to like, hey, how are are you enjoying what you're doing? Like, can we create a little bit more happiness or joy or just coaching them through their well-being? What is happening in their well-being? So, for instance, you can, let's say you have insomnia, okay? You go to your doctor's office, they're going to give you some sleeping pill, right? And they might talk to you about something else, but usually here's your sleeping pill and you go on. And then when I initially started doing acupuncture, it was like they would come and see me and I would treat them with acupuncture and give them herbs and then they would, you know, hopefully get better. Or if something didn't shift, they would, they would move on. But it wasn't until I started actually asking them, what are you stressed out about? What is happening in your life right now where we really started to make the big shifts? Bringing that awareness to that insomnia that they're feeling, bringing that awareness to the emotional component of the stress that's going on. When we started bringing those to the forefront, then big shifts started to change. And even if it was just an awareness, it wasn't this whole radical thing that they had to do, but it was just an awareness. It was almost like, hi, I see you now. I see me right? And they would just give themselves more compassion and understanding. And that's when really things start to shift for you. And when you are not feeling well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was, that was my experience because that's, I didn't, I guess I turned to yoga after uh-huh. a cancer diagnosis. And so once I got in there, I mean, I had been resisting for a very long time. And so it was at only at the point where it was like, I need to do something different because yeah. clearly whatever I'm doing isn't working. Yeah. And I got into that whole world of yoga and then you start learning about chakras and you hear about all these different things and you're like, really, am I really using these words now for this that I talk about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I think that the options, what our medical system has to offer us for options is very limited. Time-wise, to speak with your doctor about lifestyle medicine, right? I mean, it's 15, 20 minutes in and out of your Western, you know, of the, your doctor seeing your MD. And then their tools. They are amazing at the medicines that they have, but they don't have the tools of understanding how do I coach somebody out of a stressful thought pattern that's been lodged in their mind? How do I get them to relax, right? They don't have the time for that. And that's what really alternative medicine comes in and starts hugging and starts giving that support that they need. It's really coming from that side. But I think it's like a lot of people waking up 
that they don't want the medication. They just don't want medication, that they want to empower themselves, that they want to step into the process of healing themselves rather than handing it over to somebody else. It's like, okay, no, I don't want to take this pill. What can I do? So that's a lot of people that I find too. It's like they want another natural option. They want to do something that's natural for them. And, you know, you're speaking a lot about these natural remedies. My, yeah. From what I was reading about you, you actually have some personal experience with this and you've actually used a lot of this on yourself. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Yeah, in all different kinds of ways. This entire, I mean, I'm alive, right? So I have, <laughs> stuff happens. Um, I have had, one of the biggest issues that I dealt with was for infertility and recurrent miscarriages. And um, it was through each loss that I had that I was able to shift something in my life. And that's a beautiful message that I really like to teach now is that when something shows up inside a balance of your body, it's a messenger. It's a messenger for a bigger thing that's happening. What is that messenger? So when I began to have recurrent miscarriages, I needed to take a look at how I was running my life. I had just finished a master's. I was finishing my second master's degree and I was trying to start a business and make babies. So in Chinese medicine, that is way too much coming from your core energy. So I didn't have enough vital energy to support a baby. There wasn't enough inside of me to give that energy. Or you would look at it, the chakras, they're all coming from the same place. I needed to start shifting my life. I needed to not be a type A person. As a type A person, I needed to learn how to shift my life. I couldn't be doing so much. I couldn't ask so much of my body. I needed to learn to say no more often. I had, and one of the biggest, biggest lessons was that I didn't need to be in such a rush. We have such this innate internal thing that like, we got to go. We got to get it done. We got to happen now. Whatever it is, especially as entrepreneurs, it's like you've got this fire of like it has to be done now. And that kind of energy like burns us. And so it was a really good awakening and understanding that like it wasn't going to, that wasn't going to be my path. That I had to live my life, slow down, take care of myself so that I could last for the long run. And each one of those miscarriages was a stronger message in that sense. And I hear little but, ones in the background, so clearly it, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Mm -hmm. It worked. It, it totally worked. After um, yeah, and, and I had two beautiful girls naturally. So it was that shift. And then I also did Chinese medicine. You know, Chinese medicine is really wonderful in understanding and how to strengthen our core body and the kidney function, which is what I was depleted in. That's a, that's a question that I have for you because yeah. I have friends who struggle with infertility and that would mean a lot to them hearing um, your story. If you could just tell a little bit about what you researched, what you learned about and what you could do to help heal yourself naturally. Yeah. So Overall, um, Chinese medicine has five different organ systems that we focus on. It's the kidneys, the liver, the heart, the spleen, and the lungs. Each one of those organ systems does a particular function in the body. So if somebody comes in for digestive disorders, and we're going to be looking at the spleen. If somebody comes in with anxiety or emotional issues, we're going to be looking at the heart. 
PMS and irritability is going to be the liver. Depression or skin diseases is going to be the lungs or also like physical lung things. But the kidney is one of the most important organ systems in our body because the kidney in Chinese medicine, not in Western medicine, in Chinese medicine is the root of the core of our body. It's where our adrenals sit. It has to do with the functioning of our endocrine system. It's this very innate, natural core energy of our system. So when we're looking at fertility, that's one of the organ systems that needs to have enough vital energy and chi so that it can do everything it needs to do. But we come from a very overdriven, running society that we end up burning that. So when I got, when I was dealing with infertility, I was also dealing with adrenal fatigue. So this deep exhaustion. So I had to nourish that and heal that so that I could um, strengthen my system so that it was able to support what I needed to do. How did you go about doing that? Okay, so um, one of the things like I mentioned was like I had to shift my life. I had to get out of my mindset that I needed to work all the time, that it was okay to rest, that it was okay to um, take a break, to find things that made me laugh and to find joy, more joy in life, okay? And then on the other side, I was taking the super tonic herbs that we have in Chinese medicine. That's your reishi, that's your ginseng, that's um, ashwagandha is a really big powerful one. So there are these super tonic herbs that are really wonderful, that are safe to use, that you can help nourish and strengthen. And I actually continue to take them because I'm an active mom, right? And I'm running the businesses. And so it's like I continue to take that to help support my system. So. They're really wonderful tonics that you can use at any time of your life. But they're really wonderful when you're trying to build up that kidney energy and something like have children, right? Well, I appreciate you for sharing that because that's something that a lot of women struggle with, especially as, you know, women are having children later in life just because we're focused on our careers. And now we're just getting around to thinking, oh, well, maybe I I want a child, you know? Yeah. Uh, So that's, thank you. Yeah. Or even if you're just exhausted, right? Like even if you're just finding yourself tired and you already have the babies or you don't want babies, right? Like if you're just tired, like that fatigue is a message telling you something. And in Chinese medicine, we're going to look at that message as the kidneys. And so using these tonic herbs, there's a really great company. There's a couple of them. Um, Bones, Roots and Bones is developed by this Chinese acupuncture. She has all these amazing powders that you can add into your smoothies, you can add them into tea, you can add them to your coffee, like the powerhouse Chinese herbs that are gonna boost you up. Um, There's also another company, it's called um, Moon Juice, and they do these like stardusts, moon dusts, and they have these adaptogenic Chinese herbs in them that again, they come in powders and you put them in recipes, in your coffee, in your tea, and I use them all the time. They're wonderful to help support my system. I'm going to link to those in the show notes. So uh, awesome. for anyone listening or watching this, they can find that information because I think that's really valuable to know. Yeah, it's such, yeah, it's really good stuff to keep us going nice and strong. Do you have another example of how you healed yourself and, and did it naturally kind of to give an example? Yeah, so actually, um, okay, I had two, but this one's going to show up into the forefront first. Okay. year after my last child was born, I was almost 200 pounds. I mean, I was, I was really, I had just piled on the baby weight and it had just stayed. 
And um, a little bit, a few months before that, I had this amazing experience with a shaman and, and, and my practice started shifting. And that's when I actually started my work into the spiritual and emotional work. When I shifted my attention and my focus on myself and self-love and self-joy and happiness, the weight started to just fall off. Really? Because the weight was so connected to, for me, of like emotional eating stressful eating it was like the only thing that i was finding joy around i was just like eating was such a big thing for me so when i was able to really like start doing the emotional work and the spiritual work i began to be happier and with that the weight started to come off i didn't need that sugar to give me joy because i was so round grounded and rooted in my own happiness so that was a really um powerful way that i was able to use not medicines, but my own kind of self-healing to, to, to do something so big as that, you know, to lose a lot of weight like that. That is really tied in, like just what you're talking about with being very connected to our emotions. Yeah. I don't know about your experience, but in my experience, a lot of us simply are not. If we've got a lot going on, we tend to disconnect because we're so focused on doing and we're excellent at doing getting things done checking things off our to-do list mm -hmm. but we don't a lot of us don't take that moment to pause and reflect and say okay am i doing the things that i need to be doing want to be doing and are healthy for me so that i can be my best self that's right. not something i ever did when i was you know you know going through uh, you know, working 50, 70 hours a week. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like that stepping back. Right. So what would you suggest to people who are, you know, maybe listening to this and thinking, you know, I fall into that category of being super busy and having a lot to do, but I'm not really sure if this, you know, whole touchy feeling type conversation is for me. What would you suggest to them? One of the things that I like to share is taking a bird's eye view of what's happening in your life, okay? Just stepping back for a moment and analyzing how in coaching we learned about primary foods and secondary foods, okay? Secondary foods are literally like the foods that you eat. Your exercise will come with that, um, pills and treatments and stuff. But your primary food is taking it a look at how are you feeding your soul? How are your relationships? How is your spiritual practice? What is your connection to nature? What is your connection to yourself? And it's just taking that perspective of like, how am I doing with primary foods versus secondary foods? And in primary foods, how am I doing there? What can I amp up a little bit? How do my relationships feel? When we are in a continual pattern of fighting with our children or our spouse or irritable at work, like those relationships are affecting us on a, on a, on a different level, right? They're affecting us continually with stress or we're just not feeling well. Um, are you getting out at lunchtime? So often so many people like work right through lunch. And can you take some time and start reconnecting to nature and going for a walk? Or just being outside in the morning time and spending a moment seeing 
being and breathing the fresh air. Um, are you putting any time towards self-help work, you know, or just having a time to just be? What is it that you love to do? I really like to continue to learn. So I'm always looking for um, self-help books that I love to read or something that just feels good on my soul. Are you reading things that inspire you? Because we have to learn to increase our vibration and the way that we live. So what you are experiencing right now and everything that's showing up for you is because of what you've done and where you're at. If you want something different, you have to start shifting and doing different things. Oh, thank and, you. Right? Thank you. I don't think that's said enough. It's like, what got you here isn't necessarily going to get you there. It's not going to get you there. <laughs> it's not going to get you there. You, it's like it's developing this new way. And think about it in energy vibration. Um, there's this incredible teacher, her name is Esther Hicks, and she brings in this beautiful concept of manifestation and law of attraction, where you talk about like where you are, everything around you is from the vibrational energy of what you brought into your life. If you want to bring somebody something else in, you have to begin to increase your vibration. So beginning to increase your vibration is increasing the positive thoughts in your mind or just increasing wherever you are just a little bit different, right? Mm -hmm. So it's focusing on things that can help elevate you and help elevate your energy. So if you've been very stressed out and you're living in that place, it's kind of like, hey, what you're doing is not working and how do we shift into something else? While you're talking about manifestation, because we could have the whole other conversation on manifestation, but that entire conversation and what you've talked about with Esther Hicks, uh -huh. that was very consistent with Tibetan and Chinese medicine. I mean, it's a holistic approach and it is, you know, doing those things that create health from the inside, from the core in order to draw those good things to you, in order to yes. create that health that you want to have that vibrancy. Right. So, I mean, if, if anyone's listening to this and, you know, here's the word manifest and starts to get triggered from that word and thinks, oh, what is that? I mean, if you hear through the ages, the discussion about health and creating a healthy life, whether it's inside reflected outside i mean it, it's it's all one that it's conversation all one. is all one mm -hmm. so exactly. I, I thanks for bringing that up yeah and when we can start looking at our health and our well-being like that i think it's a really powerful way of seeing it it's like okay so i've come up to this place and i've got this disease or i'm stressed out or i'm not feeling well okay so that is this creation from where i was now, what can I do and shift to change the way that I'm going forward? And it's listening to podcasts like this, right? It's tapping into things that increase your vibration, that make you feel good, that you're like, what else is out there? Tapping into more of those, bringing more of that into your life so that you can feel better. Mm. Mm. Love that. We're talking about this emotions, right? And we're talking about spirituality and the emotions. But where does that actually come from? And so um, I believe that the body, mind, and spirit, when we really look at that as our overall health and well-being, it's really important. So when we break down the body, that is our physical body. That's the cells that we see. That's our bones. That's 
That's everything that science has really mastered, right, is the body. Now, the mind is a combination of thoughts and emotions. So our thoughts are an accumulation of what we've learned in the past, accumulation of our experiences. And our emotions are what we feel about those thoughts, okay? Then we have the spirit. Now, the spirit is our ability to actually step back from our emotions and thoughts and decide what we want to do with that. So, and the reason this is so important is because stress causes a lot of disease. Stress really impacts the body in so many ways. It's gonna affect um, your blood pressure. It's gonna affect your sleep. It's gonna create inflammation in your body. I mean, stress really impacts the way that our bodies function, okay? Stress is the way that you are seeing something. Stress is not real, but in your mind, it's the way that you are seeing something. So when we can step back and start to see where are we getting stressed out, what are our triggers, what are the situations that cause us stress, we can begin to make bigger shifts in our lives. Mm -hmm. So that's why for me, the spiritual component is such an important component because it is our truth. It is who we are and it's our ability to separate from what we have learned, from patterns that have been built up into our mind and also cultivate and create our future of where we wanna go. It is through the level of the soul that we can really create our forefront. We can really create where we want to go by separating, by choosing, by being something different. So when we talk about um, the mind and how do we get that mind under control and even start to make that space, that's where I love to bring in the breath work. Because it is through the breath work that we can create space to understand that we are not our thoughts, that we are not our emotions, that we have this ocean of continual thoughts and thinking and mind hopping all over the place. But that is when we've just not had that training to understand and to control our thoughts a little bit. One of the things I like to um, just always bring up is we spend so much time in school learning about English, learning about mathematics and science and biology and all of these things and zero time learning how to control this beast that runs our lives. Yeah. <laughs> From like how to handle rejection when we were little and that it's followed us all the way through and now we're self, we have a lack of self-confidence or whatever it is. It's like there, has, there comes a point in our lives where it's really important that we start to um, rein in the mind and we start to create a little separation from our thoughts understanding belief that our thoughts are not really who we are and that we can choose something different. One of the things that used to really get me stressed out was financial money, right? I would open up my bank account and I would just look at how little there was and it would just bring this just fear. I would be living in this place of fear. And then I would go and I'd like throw it up on my husband and I'd be like, well, you had to be working more and you need to <laughs> Okay. So that made for a very lovely. <laughs> and it wasn't until I began to understand and practice these ideas of, you know, my spirit and separating from my mind that I, I really was able to work that angle. So 
I would open up my bank account because I check it pretty regularly and I'd open up my bank account and I could feel it. I could see my trigger. I would allow myself to go to the bathroom, scream, yell, cry, do whatever it was that I needed. And then I would bring myself back down again. It was that moment of acknowledgement that I needed to create a little bit of space. And I was, and then I would say, I'm willing to see this differently. And as my relationship with money shifted, so did the finances coming in shifted. Like, again, that's where you go into abundance and manifestation is like, you cannot be thinking about the stuff that you don't want because you're just going to continually attract the things that you don't want. Right. So um, it's through something like breath work that you can just create a little bit of space there. You can create some quietness in your mind by bringing your awareness and attention into your body. It's like bringing yourself into the moment right now and allowing your mind to just control it a little better or guide it to what's a healthier thought. And I like the word guide because, you know, when I think of the word control, I mean, a lot of people, I'm going to say me, I'll use me as the <laughs> example so that I'm not talking about everybody. I maybe have some control freak in them. And yeah. it's, it's part of being in charge all the time. It's mm-hmm. part of, you know, you, that's who you end up being is because you have to have the answer. You must know what's going on yeah. in part of your job. And then it, it in, internalizes in you, uh, in myself. So mm-hmm. that's something that has been my work. So for me, when I'm working on, you know, guiding my thoughts, I try not to think of it as controlling them because this brain's going to do whatever it's going to do. It's just chatter. It's just chatter all the time. Mm -hmm. But if you at least recognize it and observe what's happening, then it makes it for me easier to accept some of the crazy chatter that's in my brain. It's like, okay, that's not actually me. I don't actually, I'm not actually a let's say bad person, let's say I'm thinking about something and I'm not a bad person for thinking that it's just my brain just chattering away. Right. So I recognize it. And then I guide my thoughts back. And so the work that you're talking about, I mean, mm-hmm. that is really essential. And I understand that you have some tips maybe for us. Yeah. So, um, I have been using breath in a variety of different ways. And I'm going to start first by kind of talking about how I use it in, in therapy and treatment because I've, It's been one of the most powerful tools that I have learned and used. Um, So when we do a breathwork session, I actually guide people into this active meditation space where they're breathing in from their belly, they breathe in from their chest, and they breathe out their mouth. Mm. And it's all of this breath, it's all coming from the mouth. But um, this kind of breathwork brings your, your subconscious up to the level. So you get into this work, and I'll have them breathe for about, 20 minutes doing this breath work and it can be uncomfortable. It can shift. It can move. Like things can come up that you never thought about before. People cry, people laugh. Like you have this variety of emotional excitement that comes in. The reason why I like to do it is because I believe that the emotional, the emotions play such a powerful role in our health and well-being. So once we start to do this active meditation breath work, we release the superficial layers that are affecting the body. We release the stress, we release some of the pain, some of the different things that are lodged in our body, we begin to release them. And that's where some deeper healing comes through. So when I'm working with clients, that's what I'm doing. But 
I believe everybody needs to learn the relaxation breath. And this is the one that I want to bring um, to the forefront for all of our listeners. The relaxation breath goes like this. When you breathe in, your belly expands. And when you breathe out, your belly contracts. All the work is happening from this belly movement. It doesn't come from your chest. It's all from the belly. And a way that you can find out if you're doing it right is by lying on the ground and putting a book on your belly. And as you breathe in, that book should rise. And as you breathe out, that book should go down. And you can visualize it when you're breathing in, you're bringing all this oxygen, and in Chinese medicine we'll call it qi, you're bringing all this vital energy into your body. And when you breathe out, you're just releasing that. You're releasing that which you no longer need, and you bring it and you're letting it out and your belly contracts. Are you breathing in through your nose or your mouth? Whichever one is more comfortable for you. I kind of leave that up to whatever feels comfortable because you want to be able to do this breath. The idea about this breath work is that it becomes part of your habit throughout the day. Um, a great place to start is before you go to bed. While you're lying in your bed, you start this breath work. You're already lying, you're already there, you're already going to bed, and just start doing this breath work pattern. You're breathing in when your belly expands and breathing out when your belly contracts, and you'll see how quickly your body begins to relax. Your body begins to just feel good. You can get to sleep quicker. Another great time to start this practice is in the morning. Um, I was looking at your website and you've got some really cool things about like how to get you started in the morning, how to get you in the right place. Thank you. This breath work is one of those awesome tools that you can use alongside of that. It's like, right, when you get, when you wake up, what you do in the morning is really important. How you get your day started and the things that you're doing. So taking a couple few breaths is like, okay, great. I'm just connecting with my body. I'm bringing the chatter of the mind down, just keeping everything at bay. When you really start amping up the practices, like you're doing it throughout the day, right? You're really using it. If you have a lot of stress in your life, if you feel a lot of stress, then you're using it while you're driving your car or whatever transportation you're taking. You're taking a couple um, minutes every hour to do this breath work, right? That's when you really start integrating it throughout your day where it mm -hmm. becomes part of you. You could set your phone like for an alarm if you, if you feel like you need a reminder. Yeah. Brendan Burchard talks about um, this beautiful 50-minute punch work, work punches. So he's like, you set your clock at 10 o'clock and you work for 50 minutes. And then you take 10 minutes every hour to breathe, drink water, do a little qigong. He does like... I love him. Technique, right? <laughs> but I, I think that's such a brilliant idea. And it just so goes along with this. It's like, yeah, if you're breathing at night, if you're doing this every once in a while, sure, it's going to be better than not doing it. But the goal is, is like, how am I bringing this to my life on a regular basis, especially if you feel very stressed out? Throughout the day, it's like you need to be putting little things in that's going to bring back down that stress response. Well, that also is beneficial for people who need to perform at a high level. Speaking of Brendan Burchard, right? Yeah. Uh, if you are somebody who is, you know, working their behind off all day, you're a yeah. doctor and you are, you know, going from surgery to surgery without mm -hmm. taking a moment for yourself, then this is a great opportunity to create that balance in your life. And then when you go into the next appointment, you're re-energized. Right? Yes, exactly. You are, you know, you're building your oxygen in your body. You're getting that, that, that on the physical level. And then also that moment of just dropping in, 
when you drop in, when you connect with your body, you're connecting with your intuition, you're connecting with your inner wisdom, you're able to make decisions from the core of your body rather than like this reactive like, oh, kind of scared, what do I need to do, right? Mm -hmm. So by practicing that breath work, it just brings you in. So I've been doing this for years now, and I'm actually able to tell right when my body starts to shift. Okay. Maybe I woke up and I was kind of in a bad mood, or maybe something kind of got, you know, still getting me a little bit, but I can feel my body starting to shift, and I'll take those deep breaths. And I, it grounds me. It brings me back into my body, back into my knowing, back into who I am. And when I'm working from that place, then there's a lot of strength. There's a lot of conviction. There's a lot of knowing of what I'm doing. I love that. I love it. So uh, for when you're doing these breaths, how many do you do? Like, do you just kind of sit there for a few minutes, like 10 a few breaths? Minutes. Okay. A few minutes. So, I mean, I would kind of depend on like where you're at in the spectrum, right? Let's say on a scale of zero to 10 and you feel like you are just running at a 10, then you're going to want to amp that up a little bit, right? That's like your body is out of balance. You're going in fight or flight too much. You're just running too much. Then you're going to need more of that yin work. A beautiful um, concept we have in Chinese medicine is called yin and yang. And yin is that inwards, that nourishment, that quiet, that breath work, that just stillness. Yang is the going, the getting, I've got to go, i got to keep on running, that kind of excess energy. And in America, we have a very excess energy type of workforce, belief system, like we are going. So the more that you have that in your life, then the more you need to do things that are yin, that are more relaxing, that are more inwards, more breathing work, until you find that happy place where you're not running like I used to run, right? Where you're learning how to bring that back and bring it into balance. And when I get into my mind where I'm like, oh, I just got to do that, or oh, I'll just stay up, you know, another night, and I'm like, okay, oh, no. do that breath work. It's like, it's, it's, it's not going to be a switch that turns on and off. It is a new way that our bodies need to learn to function, removing old thinking patterns and creating new ones that bring us health. Well, what, when you said that, that reminded me of the phrase, uh, you know, if you don't have time to meditate for 10 minutes, then you need to meditate for an hour. Oh my God, you I know? love that. Yes, yes. <laughs> right? Like, oh, That's exactly it. That's exactly it. How much are you going? You're going to know. Like if you were not feeling well, then you need to be doing it longer, right? But it's like, it is the most simple tool, but the most powerful tool. It's like, you don't have to go buy all these supplements and do all these things. It's like, you have got the power inside of you one simple way of learning how to breathe can shift your body, can shift the way you feel your life. So it's like just practicing that, having the moment of stillness. And a lot of people are like, I can't quiet my mind. I can't even think about meditating. I'm like, yeah, well, it's a process. Yeah. The more that you say it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's just a process. It's like, how much are you willing to do? When you were a child, when you were a baby, you were crawling, right? And you had to go from crawling to walking. And it wasn't like, I can't do that. I'm done, right? right. All of us got through it. All of us were went, got into walking. So it's the same kind of thing with this breath work. It's like, you just have not been taught. You've allowed the mind to, to go monkey mind for so long mm -hmm. that you can teach it again. 
Hey, so maybe instead of reaching for your cell phone, you know, before you go to bed to check, you know, Facebook or Instagram or whatever, right. yeah, take a few moments to take a few breaths. No, I mean, that, yeah, that's a very beautiful. That's a really good one. <laughs> that's a really, 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 really good one. Yeah. Wow. You have shared so much today. I really appreciate it. This is, <sighs> I mean, I really think that we need to have more conversations like this one. And I think that the more I see in, you know, popular culture, um, a reaching out for a holistic type of health, one mm -hmm. that's not so reactive to somebody who already has an ailment, yeah. the better we're going to be. Like we need more conversations like this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And more conversations on like that, the mindset and what we're thinking and how to shift what we're thinking. So where can people learn more about you? People can find me at my website, which is sylviasalcedo.com. Um, I've got a lot of free uh, coaching there and I've got classes and all kinds of good stuff. And then you can also find me at sylvia.salcedo on Instagram and Sylvia Salcedo LAC over on Facebook. Oh, it's fantastic. I will link to all of that in the show notes. So you don't need to write anything thank that you. down. I will make sure that that's in there for you. Oh my gosh. Thank you Yay. so much. Sylvia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was so wonderful being on here. I really appreciate what you're doing and the work that you're doing for, for the world. It's just such a powerful work. So I'm grateful to have you doing it and allowing me to come up and share. I really enjoyed talking to Sylvia. She had a lot to share, and I know she has even more wisdom to share. So go visit her at her website. I'm going to link to everything that we talked about in the show notes. Just go to dinacataldo.com forward slash episode two, and you will find everything there. It would also be great if you came and joined the conversation at the Soul Roadmap Facebook group. Just go to Facebook dot com forward slash groups forward slash soul roadmap and tell me what you thought of this thanks so much have a great week and i will talk to you soon thanks for listening to soul roadmap if you have a moment i'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe rate and left an honest review on itunes i read every single review so let me know what you want to hear more or less of and i'll talk to you next week